Greetings, heroes, and thank you for answering the Summoner's Call. Presented by the Gamers Inn, this is a podcast for all fans of Fire Emblem Heroes and the Fire Emblem franchise. I'm your host, Ryan, and joining me, as always, my co-host, Eddie. How's it going, Eddie? Not too bad. I've been hectic week with Thanksgiving and all this week and stuff. Oh, that's right. Yes, I... uh... (laughs) Well, being Canadian... I always forget you're Canadian, so you do it at the wrong time. Yeah, or early, I guess, would probably be the nicer way of putting it. But yeah, early, no, wrong uh, time, same difference. <laughs> no, we did. Uh, we already did uh, Thanksgiving here in, in Canada, and um, you know, now that they've brought all the sales up here to to Canada, uh, I think maybe like five, six years ago, there was there was never there were no Black Friday sales here, uh, but now there it's 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 here. There's Black Friday sales. There's there's Monday sales. There's all kind of sales going on, and um, I think I think you folks even now have Boxing Week or Boxing Day after Christmas now, so it, it's come full circle. Yep. So, um, and there was even uh, sales in Fire Emblem Heroes if you were looking to pick up some additional orbs. I don't know if you uh, jumped on any of those packages. And yeah, I think they are doing Boxing Day stuff here in uh, the U.S. these days now. But I mean, I. See little to no boxing on that day. I don't know why no. they call it that. No, it's uh, I don't know why they call. I think they call it that because the idea is you box up your gifts you got and you return them to the store and get what you wanted or something like that. I, I have no idea. But there's like usually a lot okay. of sales right after Christmas. Um, yep. We'll do a research project. Get back to you on that next. Uh, I mean, as far as far as I can recall, they've had them for just about ever, but mainly because I'm looking at you know. On the consoles where they're always, you know, hey, here's you just got a new console for Christmas. Here's a sale. Yes. Buy stuff from us. That's that's a probably a, a, a better way of explaining Boxing Day sales is it's get more stuff for the thing you just got. So there you go. If you need uh, accessories or software, it's it's all there. Um, well, you know what? Let's jump back to Fire Emblem Heroes. We've got a lot to go through tonight with Summoner's Call here. So we'll start with the banners. Uh, we've got the weekly revival 29 and 42 banners running right now. Flavia and Basilio's battle goes until the first. Heroes with solo skills goes until the second. Double special heroes goes until the fourth. Legendary and mythic hero remix goes until the 27th. That's a, that's a mistake there. Uh, that shouldn't be there. Uh, we have rearmed ganglot and more uh, going until December 6th. Uh, Wyvern Ninja, the new banner for Special Heroes, goes until the 7th. We have Ninja Training Special Heroes Revival going to the 7th as well. And finally, the answer to when will Ascendant Heroes be back, New Heroes Return Ascendance goes until the 21st of December. Well, Ascendant Heroes are in the regular pool. Are they? It's the rearmed ones that are not going into the regular pool. Right. Okay, well then this answers nothing and I stand corrected. So, there you go. Eddie, how'd you do with your summons? I dove into the Gangloop banner and got an early Harden. Uh, I got a four-star Nina, possibly before the Harden. Uh, but in my hunt for Gangloop in Tiki, I got two five-star Ninas while hunting a bit for Elise. I eventually got Gangloop in Tiki. Uh, looking at the units, I'm pretty sure Gangloop was my spark unit. So, got, got a, all of them. Yeah, nice all. I did manage to get that Elise that I was hunting for. I think she was three or four star because that's all you can get her in. But cool. Yeah, no, I, 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 I'm still saving orbs for what? Who knows? Probably the 
holiday banner that uh, will be coming in a couple weeks. But uh, right now, banner we should be getting in a week, uh, next week or this week. Uh, who has the new uh, protagonist? Yeah, yeah, we'll get a free copy of the protagonist as well, though. I think true. We'll usually... get a free copy. We'll we'll see how it goes. I mean, uh, honestly, uh, I don't know what they're going to do with the with this uh, this new book. It, it'll be interesting to see. Um, but in terms of summons, uh, I, I only got um, a free summon. I got the Nina uh, off my free summon, a five star uh, version of of her. So there you go. Nice. Yeah, no complaints there. Yes. Uh, tonight, as the time we record, uh, we should be getting the new Legendary Hero banner. We have no idea who it is, because it has not dropped yet for us as we record this. Uh, by the time you hear it, you should know, because that uh, banner is uh, supposed to be starting on, uh, according to the calendar, the 29th, but I believe we're in the time frame where uh, that's for uh, LA or you know Pacific time. Uh, so it's actually going to be... Th- 2 a.m. on the 30th for us. So on the 30th, we have that starting. So we kind of got to get that uh, trailer in today, hopefully. Uh, next week, we have a batch of new heroes starting on the 7th. As the game gets sets up, uh, gets set up for Christmas and New Year's banners with those two back-to-back special banners coming. Uh, we also have a few uh, new round of Frontline Phalanx coming on the 5th. And Binding Worlds ends out the calendar on the 11th. Yeah. Very good. Lots to look forward to as we head into the next yes. month. Yeah. And another thing to look forward to, though, we got a bit more time to look forward to this one. Uh, it was announced that there's a scale figure of Veronica coming. I posted some details about it uh, earlier tonight in the Discord. But uh, scale figure of Veronica in her Book 6 outfit has re- been revealed and is scheduled to release in February of 2024. Uh According to the Amiami English, it's going to be about 29,700 yen. Not sure what that would be in American. 290, 200 something, I guess. I don't know. But it's a really nice design and outfit or pose outfit. Yeah, Veronica's uh, uh, her 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 outfit for the end of book six is really, really cool. And I I hope we get a hero uh, version of that very soon. But yeah, the. I was I was surprised when I opened up Discord and I saw this and I'm like, oh man, it's really cool that they're doing, uh, like a a, a figure from a Fire Emblem hero hero because I don't think we've had one of those yet. We've seen a lot of the other ones from our other favorite games, but I think this is the first Fire Emblem hero one, and it's such a cool design to pick up. Yeah, so she looks great. Yes, and we are, we are aware that Book 6 has come to a close, and they've released a closing video for it. Uh, we have seen it, but uh, we're going to wait a week to discuss that till, so both of us have time to actually play through the story in-game and give our full thoughts. Exactly, and here's the thing about this, uh, this ending video. Um, <laughs> it just randomly popped up on Twitter for me, and I, I forgot to finish the story, and, um, you know, it... Uh, It'll be, I think it'll be a better discussion alongside the new book because the endings to these books are usually not as entertaining as the beginning, <laughs> you know? <laughs> uh, so we, that's been our opinion of pretty much every book. Like they don't really stick the landing on most of these. Um, yeah. If anything, the only place they've stuck the landing and even then it leaves a lot of questions and confusion to them is the, uh, 
Tempest Trial series that we've been getting. Yeah, exactly. So um, we'll we'll talk about that next episode when we have the new book to talk about as well. So we'll kind of bookend. Uh, we'll we'll end with book six, go into book seven, and we'll see what the future has in store. But uh, well, speaking of the future, the next resplendent hero will be Odin, potent force, available to Fey Pass subscribers starting December tenth. Odin makes his grand entrance as a resplendent hero in an outfit from hell, the realm of the dead. So, uh, yeah, fan favorite Odin is getting a resplendent version of himself. And got to say, like, I love all of the hell designs that we've gotten so far. Like, it's super cool. All right. I can't complain. It's nice to think of Odin dead. And in hell, was that out loud? <laughs> yeah, you did. Yeah, you said that. You said no, that I'm loud. joking. But I mean, he is a little obnoxious. But yep, if you just mute his voice lines, you should be fine, right? Hopefully, hopefully, you might live. You might live. Yep. But uh, yeah, we got that coming. But speaking <laughs> speaking of hell, uh, we have a uh, new banner: rearmed again, gluten more. Uh, we get a new Shadow Dragon banner with Harden, Nina, Elise, and Mathis joining Awakened Tiki, with Elise going straight to three to the three to four star pool, and Mathis does the Grand Hero battle. Uh, since joining them, as expected from the Life and Death Tri- Tempest Trial series, is Gangloat. However, what was unexpected is that Gangloat is a rearmed hero, so she won't be joining the pool like uh, everyone else from the thing has. Amir, Musefell. Uh, Niffle, uh, but um, she is going to be a rearmed hero for Axis. So, and of course, the uh, focus based on the title of that banner is Gangloat, Death Anew. Straight from the Tempest Trial series, we have Gangloat, the new ruler of Hell, of the realm of Hell. She is a rearmed green axe infantry unit. She wields Arcane Downfall, which boosts special trigger at the start of combat if she has more than 25% health. Grants attack speed, defense res to uh, plus five during combat. Foe cannot make up make a follow up attack and grants special cooldown charge plus one per attack. In uh, only high, yeah. And when unit deals damage to foe during combat, restores seven HP to the unit, even if no damage is dealt. She has a new tier four version of quick repose where if her health is greater than 25% at the start of combat and foe initiates combat, it reduces damage from foe's first attack during combat by 25%, and she makes a guaranteed follow-up attack. She also comes with Iceberg, Distance Stance, and Joint Distant Guard. And, uh, you know, speaking of the hell designs are all super cool, she has, uh, well, we knew she had a, a great design just based on the fact that she's been in the game for a bit just through the Tempest Trial stuff. Um, well, actually, no, we, we just, um, I think we only had her, uh, her design in the game for yeah, the last couple, we, right? we had her talking uh, before this, but this was the first time we actually had a look at her design. Okay. Well, gotta say, her design is awesome, and I almost, I could probably, like, look, I, I can't remember what hell looked like <laughs> um, mm-hmm. for the most part. I'm trying to remember, like, what, well, you know what, I'll look it up, hell, uh, Fire Emblem Heroes. And I, I'm just going to guess that this hell looks cooler. Yeah. Although I, there are some similarities, though, when, when, I, when I look at them side by side. So maybe uh, it looks like a, ref, like a, like a, like kind of looks like a resplendent version of 
of hell. Like they've kind of like upgraded her look for uh, this Ganglot outing. But I think Ganglot looks really cool. Um, they've had a lot of practice with the sort of hell design through the resplendent heroes and such. And, and I think like this is kind of like the ultimate rendition of that look, you know? Yeah. It looks so cool. Anyways. Yeah. Yeah. So there you go. Ganglot. Uh, I still don't have any rearmed heroes. And honestly, the, the more I'm talking about it, the more I'm looking at, um, looking at Ganglot. Ganglot. I'm like, yeah, oh, man, I should probably, uh, summon, but I don't know. Saving that banner, uh, those banner orbs. So we'll see. Um, next we have Harden the coyote. Harden is the younger brother of the King of Aurelis, a land of rolling plains on the continent of Arcanea. He's also the leader of a band of mighty knights. Harden is a lance cavalry hero wielding coyote's lance. Uh, accelerate special trigger cooldown count minus one. At start of turn, if unit is within three spaces of an ally, grants attack slash speed plus six, and the following effect to unit and cavalry allies within three spaces of unit for one turn. If unit initiates combat, unit makes a guaranteed follow-up attack. If unit initiates combat or is within two spaces of an ally, grants attack slash speed plus six to unit during combat, reduces damage from foe's first attack by 40%, and deals damage equal to the number of spaces from start position to end position of whoever initiated combat, multiplied by three to a max of nine, except when dealing damage with area of effect specials. He has a new skill in the B slot called A slash S near trace three, which enables Kanto remaining plus one and inflicts attack slash speed three minus three, sorry, on foe during combat. Rounding out his kit is Draconic Aura as a special and Surge Sparrow in the A slot. So he's got another one of those uh, skills where he gets bonuses based on how far he or his enemy moves during combat and a new you know, attack speed version of Kanto uh, or Near Trace, the Kanto skill. So nice little kit for him. And and we finally get to see non-fallen Harden in the game. That's why he's so familiar. Yeah, because we have... Um... We have him from the Mystery of the Emblem game or book two or book three, whatever they're calling it, of the original trilogy uh, with Echoes or Valentia included in there sort of to a degree so uh which is where he does turn evil who we've already had as a fallen hero i think from the first fallen banner even yeah he's been in the game for a while i believe yep we finally get the non-fallen version of him so nice to finally see that coming in uh coming in with him is nina the last princess the last living member of the arcanian royal family joins heroes as a colorless staff infantry unit in the four-star focus unit on the banner. She wields Respite Plus, which grants defense res plus two, uh, inflicts special cooldown... Uh, sorry, grants... Uh, the way they were, it threw me off for a second, but apparently it grants defense res plus two and inflicts special cooldown charge minus one on foe per attack to allies within two spaces of unit during combat. Uh, she has no new skills, but does have Physic Plus, Miracle, Sabotage Speed, and Drive Defense. So, kind of an interesting setup, because it seems like she gets absolutely nothing from the, her own weapon, but it helps out her friends more than anything. Hmm. Well, I mean, that's a really good skill to have for a healer. Unless they're misreading how they they wrote it. Yeah. I don't know. I, I mean, personally, I have, I have she is the only hero that I summoned on the banner, but I haven't, 
haven't really dove in just yet, but uh, yeah, it's really cool to see that. Uh, okay, well, next we have uh, Tiki Awakened Blood. Tuck in for this one. It's a, it's a long one. Uh, Tiki, Princess of the Divine Dragons, has joined the ranks of the Ascended Heroes. She's filled with a new sense of purpose to help Marth, the hero who rescued her, from a fate of being sealed away. Tiki is an Ascended Red Dragon Infantry Hero wielding Awoken Breath, which accelerates special trigger, cooldown count minus one, is effective against dragons. If unit is within three spaces of an ally, grants attack slash speed slash defense slash resistance plus five to unit during combat, grants special cooldown charge plus one to unit per attack during combat, only the highest value applied does not stack, neutralizes foes' bonuses from skills like fortify, rally, uh, etc. During combat and also if foes' attack can trigger their special and unit's resistance is greater than or equal to foes' resistance plus five, inflicts special cooldown count plus one on foe before foe's first attack during combat. This cannot exceed the foe's maximum special uh, cooldown. If foe's range is equal to two, calculates damage using the lower of foe's defense or resistance. She has three new skills. The first in the A slot called speed slash resistance finish four, where if unit is within three spaces of an ally, grants speed slash resistance plus seven to unit during combat. And also, if unit special is ready or unit special triggered before or during this combat, deals plus five damage during combat, except when dealing damage with area of effect specials. And when unit deals damage to foe during combat, restores seven HP to unit. This triggers even if zero damage is dealt. In the B slot, she has speed slash resistance bulwark three, where foes with range equal to one cannot move through spaces adjacent to unit and foes with range equal to 2 cannot move through spaces within 2 spaces of unit. This does not affect with pass skills. Uh, inflicts speed slash resistance minus 4 on foe during combat, restores 7 HP to unit after combat. And in the C slot she has all together, which grants attack slash speed slash defense slash resistance plus 4 to allies within 2 spaces during combat. If unit is within 2 spaces of an ally, reduces damage from area of effect specials, as always, excluding rocker area of effect specials. By X percent, where X is equal to uh, uh, number of allies within two spaces of unit times 40 to a max of 80%. Uh, also grants unit attack slash speed slash defense slash resistance plus four during combat and reduces damage from foe's first attack by X percent, where X is equal to the number of allies within two spaces of unit equal or multiplied by 20 to a max of 40%. And last but not least, rounding out her kit is Iceberg as a special. So if uh, if we were measuring success in terms of how uh, much text was in the kit, then I think Tiki would probably be the, uh, the winner of the banner. So there you go. Yeah, not sure that counts as the measurement of success. No. <laughs> but quite a hefty kit of new skills. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, being the... Uh, the ascended hero here like um yeah she's i i, I could have sworn we already had an ascended tiki but to be honest like um uh we've gotten legendary tiki yeah um uh, maybe i don't i don't remember if the last uh adult tiki was ascended or not i don't think so either i, think I mean so. this, i i mean it is nice to see that um like the continuing the trend of these ascended heroes being like really kitted out, like having a great kit, like a lot 
to go with it to kind of encourage, you know, summoning and whatnot. Um, but it's kind of crazy when I think about it now that we have a banner with a rearmed and an ascended hero. And I'm sure it's happened before, maybe once, um, with everything going on, but, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a crazy good banner to be summoning on. I was looking through and I don't see any other ascended Tiki. We got adult brave Tiki, adult summer Tiki and adult Tiki. I don't know if Halloween Tiki is adult or young. For some reason, I thought we got a recent Tiki. Maybe she was as a duo hero, so she doesn't show up as Tiki. Probably. That could be it. We got legendary version or we got other versions. Yeah, quite a, quite a bunch of Tikis. But that is partially because there's two different versions of Tiki that they can pull or dig from. Uh, but someone else, speaking of duo heroes, who has shown up as part of a duo, uh, finally gets their... Sh- Spotlight to shine on their own as Elise, Altea, and Princess. Mars' eldest sister joins heroes on her own without her brother as a second staff infantry going straight into the three to four star pool. She wields Trilemma Plus. After combat, if you attack, inflicts the following status on target and foes within two spaces of target through their next actions. If unit has weapon triangle advantage, boosts attack by 20%. Unit has weapon triangle disadvantage reduces attack by 20%. Uh, she's going straight into the three to four star pool, so she has no new skills, but does have restore plus, heavenly light, attack res ideal, and attack res gap. Uh, uh, I have not um, been able to, to summon Elise yet, although I'm sure she'll pop up down the road being part yeah, of the three she'll four. Pop pool. up at some point when you're summoning for uh, colorless. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, and I remember her from from the game, you know, being the the sort of the older sibling, uh, being stuck back yep. with the uh, with the enemy army. See, see her at the beginning; she stays behind intentionally, and then you end up rescuing her near the end. And if I recall correctly, uh, she is the one who comes with the staff that allows you to arrest someone. So. Yeah, yeah. The the I, I'm trying to remember that now too, and I, I think you're right. Like. Yeah, she comes with a, a legendary stat. Now, is it one time used to revive a hero that that's I believe fallen? so. Yeah, it's kind of so. a neat, neat touch. Yep. Uh, well, here's our last hero associated with this banner. We have Mathis, brother to Lena. Uh, Mathis is a knight from Macedon. He might seem quite timid and unassuming, but he's actually the older brother of Lena. Uh, Macedon's angel herself. Mathis is a blue cavalry hero available through a grand hero battle completion. He wields Vulture Lance Plus, where if unit is not adjacent to an ally, inflicts penalty on foe's attack slash defense during combat equal to 5 plus any current penalty on each of those stats. So for example, if foe has minus 7 penalty to attack, inflicts attack minus 12 for a net penalty of attack minus 19 during combat. Calculates each stat penalty independently. No new skills, but rounding out his kit is Blazing Wind as a special, Chill slash or chill attack slash defense two in the B slot, and rouse defense slash resistance three in the C slot. So the grand hero battle hero, uh, he, again like going back to the grand hero battle. Is it a bad guy? Is it a good guy? And in this case, um, I mean, I believe you do fight him as a enemy unit, but if you talk to him with Lena, she will convert him. Uh, you might be able to convert him otherwise as well. Right. I believe he does show up as an enemy unit that you can talk to because he joins the army to try and protect Lena or something like that or earn money to protect Lena or save 
his parents or something like that. I don't remember the details exactly, but he shows up as a vill- enemy who you can recruit. Cool. Well, you know what? It's been so long since I played that original game. I know we played it for a game. I could a long be misremembering, time. but yeah, it's been a while. But I think I mean, that's where he comes from. It sounds familiar. I think it was pr- uh, like here's here's what I'm remembering, and I could be completely wrong, but I'm remembering having Lena in our crew and then like it's a map with ballistas and and lena was a healer and trying to get her to mathis was like a pain in the ass to recruit him so i think that's what's in my mind but i don't know if i'm right or not but yeah sounds probable sounds painful to be honest it sounds really really bad (laughs) i don't know why i'm remembering it but uh probably because it was painful um Here's the thing, folks. Uh, we might be done with Fire Emblem Heroes for this week, but we've got some fun stuff planned in the Elrealm Gate. Kicking things off with, um, this launched not a couple days, well, one of these trailers launched maybe one or two days after um, our last recording. We've got two trailers for Fire Emblem Engage. One story trailer and one sort of uh, in-depth explainer trailer for the emblem uh, 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 abilities, I guess you would call them. So, um, Eddie, what were your thoughts on these these trailers? Um, they they look fun. Uh, the second one was cool. We got to see a few more of the emblems. Uh, first one was a bit more story. Um, at, apparently, at least according to the trailer, there are only twelve emblems, and they can be used by good or bad, uh, as we see. Yeah, but. Yeah, I think we saw Marth get taken by a villain in the trailer. Possibly. Yeah. Uh, something like that. It could be a memory from the past. Don't know. Could be something that actually happens in the game. We'll see how it works out. But, um... Yep. Uh, saw that. Uh, looked looked cool. Uh, nothing, you know, utterly amazing. But the second one where we got to see... A handful of the emblems, uh, hear their names. Like, Byleth is the emblem of the Academy, I believe it was. Uh, Celica's emblem of Echoes. Lynn's emblo- emblem of Blazing, I think it was. Yeah, yeah. So, got to see Lynn, got to see officially see uh, Lynn, Corrin, and Byleth for the first time. So, you got to see more of, more detail about Sigurd and Celica. And even a bit more detail of Marth, so nice to see more details of how they'll work, you know, and confirmation of how some of the systems work. So, uh, and that's not all we got. We got a ton of Twitter drops, uh, like descriptions of most of the countries. Uh, there's, uh, most recent being Ivy, a uh, woman who in the trailer kind of seemed evil. I don't know if she's evil or not based on the trailer or the dis- Twitter discussion glancing through that uh but uh you know too much to go over here tonight so if you want to get all those details at uh serene's forest and they have a bunch of them there as separate twitter po- or sw- separate articles so it's yeah. probably only going to ramp up from here yes and i mean the fact that we got two official uh english fire emblem trailers uh in, in about the span of a week i mean it looks like they are ramping up to take a bit of a break over the holidays. And then I would imagine picking up in 2023, there's going to be lots of fun stuff to go over now. I mean, my personal thoughts on these trailers is basically the story trailer. I'm 
really looking forward to the game. And kind of from a story perspective, I'm like watching the trailer once. And I'm like, that looks really cool. Can't wait to experience when it's in game. Um, but like you, Eddie, I was really excited about the uh, the emblem abilities trailer because it gave us, as you said, more details of of how it works in battle, um, how it can be how it can be used in battle. Like not only just sort of boosting your character, but also uh, affecting their abilities um, in the in the cooldown system and stuff like that. But um, yeah, like seeing Lin in game, like we haven't seen uh, we haven't seen some of these characters uh, in three D since Fire Emblem Warriors. Um, so it's it's nice to see uh, it's nice to see those characters uh, again with Celica and Lin and Corrin and stuff. So um, the fact that there are only twelve emblems with such a wide cast of characters, uh, it it might seem limiting, but I'm I'm curious to see how they use that in the story. Yeah, uh, the fact that there are only twelve is kind of a bummer, but it also makes sense because you know, heck, look at um. At the, it, you have to decide where the cutoff is, and then there's the weird choices that they've already made, you know. But like, look at uh, Awakening it, uh, itself. Lucina is the choice for the game, but you could easily have Crom, Corin, or not Corin, Robin, you know, as options. Uh, Fates, I mean. Where do you cut it off, or do you only allow possibly um, Corrin and uh, Zura, or do you allow all eight of the siblings as possible <laughs> emblems? Yeah, you know, I don't. I, you're right. I don't want a repeat of Fireman Warriors where it's like the whole cast and characters of Fates, and then a sprinkling of the rest. Um, I mean, yeah. But- I mean, like Fates, you just choose Azura as the second Azura as the he- second one because she's the only one who's guaranteed in all routes, like the uh, like uh, Corin is. But there are some where it's hard to say who's technically a good second character or a second main, like um, Blazing Blade. They chose Lynn. What about Elliewood and Hector? Yeah, both of them are equally, if anything, most people view Elliewood as the main character of that game over Lynn. Yeah. So, yeah, you're right. Like it's uh, it kind of make you're right. It makes sense to keep it to one character in the sense that like if you if you go much beyond that scope, it kind of opens a whole other can of worms. And and, I mean, you know, limiting it to 12 allows for them to kind of like provide more for those 12 emblems to do like more voice acting, more unique abilities. And when you kind of expand upon that, it, it it does increase the amount of work they have to do. Now, uh, we, we've had this conversation before about um, whether or not maybe the like Fire Emblem uh, Three Hopes, where you can choose uh, the gender of Byleth and um, uh, the, the, main, the main character. I'm trying to remember their name. I, I think they're probably just going to go with the ones they've chosen. Yeah. Uh, female Corn, male Byleth. Robin's not a choice, so that's out the window. Why they chose that as the primary, who knows? Because there are those who chose who played female Byleth. Uh, but yeah, there was the I, I put out the thought that maybe they'll do like they did in Three Hopes, where you get to choose the gender of them. But most likely, they're just gonna do what we've seen. Yeah, we haven't seen any hints that there will be a choice. Um, and really, it would be uh, well, it'd be Robin, it'd be Robin, Corin, Byleth. 
but Robin's not showing up, so it'd be Corn Byleth. Oh, is now, it not? Oh, yeah, Robin's not showing up. Lucina's the awakening choice. Whoa. <laughs> okay. Uh, uh, you just blew my mind, but you're right. Think of any other, definitely no other avatars that I can think of in the 12 they've chosen. We've seen all 12. Okay. You so know. then you're right. It would just be Corrin and, and Byleth, and maybe that's where. Yeah, we got like Marth, Celica, Sigurd, Leaf. Um, I think Roy. Roy, yeah. Was, so we haven't seen yeah, Roy, Roy or Lynn, Leaf yet. Yeah, Roy Lynn. Um, was it Ephraim or Erica? No. Um, First. Because we got Celica for stones. Ephraim. Now I'm no, trying to Ephraim, remember. What, Ephraim and Erica are sacred stones. Celica is Echoes, oh, Shadow yeah. of Valentia. I think it is. I can't, rem- yes. I can't remember which one we, we we saw, Ephraim or Erica. It's Ephraim, uh, I believe. Yeah. Uh, Ike with an axe, Micaiah. Uh, then we have Lucina, Corrin, and Byleth. So I was just see, see. seen them all in the original trailer. Yeah. So. Uh, okay, um, so, yeah, here are the emblems. You've got, uh, yeah, Marth, Celica, Sigurd, Roy, Lynn, Ike, Micaiah, Lucina, Corin, Byleth, and then Leaf and Erica. So it's Erica and Ephraim. Okay. Um, and I mean, like, going through this list, it kind of has me stoked, because we, we've only just seen, you know, seven or, uh, seven or eight of these these em uh these emblems so there's I still more to just go. the six they showed on that trailer the yeah. only six we've seen in detail yeah i'm excited about that so um you know as eddie said we'll, we'll likely be seeing way more details about this game um as we approach its launch for january 20th so uh Less keep than an eye two out. months away yes not long to go and um yeah it's up for pre-order now that was part of the deal with the uh yes the, the emblems trailer Engage the emblems trailer gave the announcement that pre-orders are active. Exactly. I will probably wait till closer, but I will probably be getting it and playing it day one when it unlocks. Let Nintendo make some money from your pre-order while you wait for the game. <laughs> uh, Which is why I'm going to wait till you know, like I did with um, uh, Pokemon, wait till the week of. All right. Well, we have one more fun uh, little discussion before we leave, and that is a uh, Tokyo Mirage Sessions Sharp FE special discussion. Um, just a reminder, uh, last year for Extra Life, we ha- we ran a uh, donation bonus to do a game club for Tokyo Mirage Sessions. Uh, we didn't hit the goal, but uh, we did get somewhat close. We decided to do a few special discussions just to kind of cover the game because it is part of the Fire Emblem family of games um and tonight we're gonna just uh we're gonna do a story overview uh not a lot of spoilers here because i will fully admit i was not able to finish the game it's just been a lot going on uh both in real life and in other video games and and trying to play those before game of the year discussions um and i was distracted by pokemon so i never managed to get back in yeah there's just a lot going on and, and it is an older game and um I did want to give it its due in terms of being able to like chat about the story because yesterday or yesterday, um, a few episodes ago, we talked about the gameplay. So um, I'm going to jump in here. I'll do an intro. We'll chat a little bit and then I've got a little bit more on the characters as well. And we'll uh, go from there. Before that, I do have to note that it's it's an older game and yet it looks better and runs better than the newest Pokemon. (laughs) 
Yeah. What I, are you doing, I, Eddie? You know, Playing it, it's Pokemon. a fun. It's a fun game, but it has many issues, especially in the technical areas. Yeah. Ah, well, they'll, they can buff it out. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. Uh, all right, let's uh, start with the intro here. Tokyo Mirage Sessions Sharp FE is set in modern-day Tokyo, Japan. The story moves between multiple well-known city districts, such as Shibuya and Harajuku. In the universe of Tokyo Mirage Sessions Sharp FE, everyone holds energy called Performa that enables them to pursue their dreams. Performa attracts beings called Mirages who hail from an alternate dimension called the Idolosphere. While some mirages harvest Performa for malicious motives, others form alliances with humans to protect the real world. Those who form alliances with friendly mirages are referred to as Mirage Masters. The main casts are employees and associates of Fortuna Entertainment, a talent agency that secretly acts as a hub and recruiting organization for Mirage Masters. So that's sort of the core setup of the game. Not really going yep. into the story, but more so like the world, I guess. That'd be the best way to describe it. And yeah, the Mirage Masters are definitely different from the ones who get controlled by them. Because uh, more often than not, the enemies you're fighting who get controlled by the evil Mirages get transformed into weird creatures. If if you've played Persona 5, which might be possible, especially with it having to come out wider... You've seen some of those weird boss designs. It's similar ideas here. Yeah. Yeah. So you see that a lot early in the game as you're uh, you're first exploring the first dungeon and and um, and whatnot and seeing those characters being taken over by uh, evil mirages. So um, l- looking a little bit further at the character, the cast of characters and their motives, you've got the main protagonist who is Itsuki a high schooler who by chance becomes involved with Fortuna Entertainment and is initially uninterested in the business. The other human main characters are Subasa uh, Oribe, uh, an optimistic and hardworking classmate of Atsuki who seeks to become a pop idol. Uh, Tuma, uh, an impulsive friend of Atsuki and Subasa, working to become an actor in a uh, tukusatsu show. Uh, Kiria, a famous idol and veteran Mirage Master. Eleonora, a successful actress. Mamori, a cooking show host with a taste uh, for Showa, period, clothing, and music. And you have also got Yashiro, a superstar male idol who is initially hostile towards the party and their ambitions. I don't think I met him yet. Um, some of these folks probably mm-hmm. come into chapter two and three, I think. Yeah, uh, Tuma, Tuma was... Tuma and Kiria were already Mirage Masters. I think um, Eleonora as well, and Yashiro, when he joins, has had experience. Mori gains her Mirage during the game, uh, and the opening sequence is uh, Itsuki seeing something weird happen to Tsubasa, chasing after her, uh, becoming a Mirage Master to Krom, and helping Subasa become a Mirage Master to Sita. So. Yeah. Uh, the group is aided by Maiko, a former model who is the head of Fortuna Entertainment, and Barry, a strict instructor from overseas with a love of otaku culture. Uh, the Mirages who ally with the cast are Krom, Virian, and Tharja from Fire Emblem Awakening, and Sita, Kane, Drog, and Navar from Fire Emblem Shadow Dragon and the Blade of Light. 
A different Mirage is Tiki, who provides assistance to the Mirage Masters and is portrayed in the real world as a popular Udaloid. So she's kind of like a holographic idol, like um, uh, Hatsune Miku type thing, right? In the this world, um, and Draug is an interesting one. He's Mamori's uh, uh, Mirage when she gets him, and he used to be Barry's Mirage. Something happened. I forget the details of that, hmm. but Barry used to be Mirage Master of Draug. Ah, interesting. So, yeah, I mean, I'm um. I mean, I'm only in like the first, I think the first real dungeon that you kind of get into. Um, I'm still, like I said, very early on in the game. Um, but in terms of the story, like, and, and sort of the, uh, uh, what are the, the, what's the word I'm looking for? Like the reasons for, um, you wanting to become a Mirage, a Mirage master and, you know, continue to get better with these skills is to save, uh, Subasa's sister who, you um you find out disappeared like five years ago or whatever yeah was it her sister on the stage in the opening scene sequence yeah i believe so when she's the only one who survived in that giant crowd yeah yeah and i i like the um i like i like the idea of like that setup of like she, they're trying to save like obviously they're um subasa is a huge fan of the idols and stuff like that. But she also wants to use this newfound power to save her sister. And her sister does show up pretty much early on in the game as a, as an, as someone who's been taken over by, by an evil mirage. Um, I haven't got to the point where I save her yet. I think I'm in that dungeon right now. Uh, but yeah, it's been a while. So I forgot about the sister subplot. So yeah, I guess it's an early on thing. I've already saved her or. Yep. Yeah. So I would imagine like the story, evolves from there and gets a, a lot more complex than, than yeah, just like trying to save Subasa's each, sister. Each chapter focuses on a new, a different unit. Like one chapter you work with Tuma and his thing. And as you go, you, they solve their you know real life stuff through their work, uh, saving the idolosphere. I think Subasa tends to be somewhat centered in, but you know, you get to see see them all grow and each one at a time. Like I said, Memori's uh, not a Mirage Master at the start. I think you're trying to save her because Draug, having been separated from Barry, is acting up or something. And then Memori manages to bond with him in the end. It's been a bit, like you said. You haven't gotten there and I've been a while for me. But. Yeah, and I, I mean, I'll say this. I mean, as, as much as I wanted to get a lot farther uh, for these discussions um it, uh i i have been enjoying the game and honestly the biggest hurdle recently was like trying to get back into the game after playing it when i first purchased it late last year um so you know it's a complex game that if you walk away from and come back to it's like okay what's going on how does all the combat work and, and it took me some time to get back into it and um right now i'm feeling like man if i don't go back to it i'm gonna lose that again and have to learn it all over again um, I mean, yeah. when I when I hopped back in when we first were discussing this, I found the combat fairly easy to hop back into. Yeah, uh, I'm sure there's a lot of details I'd have to go back and remind myself of. But yeah, the storyline, it's like, what what exactly happened? I remember the vague details like I've been giving here. Yeah, but. <laughs> yeah, the combat. Um, I think the the struggle I had with the combat was more of the 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 specific features to this game in terms of like. Um, True, and that early on, you don't have a lot of sessions. I have, you know, 
I, I went to a, sli a slightly older dungeon. I don't remember the order of them because all of them stay accessible after you're done that chapter. Oh, really? Uh, so I went to a slightly older one and went to do a couple of fights. And, you know, it's they were all dead within the first round because I had, you know, hit them the right way and started sessions. And the session ended up killing all of the group. Yeah, the entire enemy group. So. Yeah, and and here's the thing, like, um, if you've you know listened to our conversations and you're in, we've piqued your interest. I, I think like the biggest thing to pass along is like this being a very Fire Emblem focused show. Um, I think it's important to note that Tokyo Mirage Sessions Sharp FE to me at least feels like more Atlas style game, like more uh, uh, Shimigami Tensei Persona style game with a sprinkling of Fire Emblem through like the characters and the the move sets and stuff like that. 100%. Um, I've heard it referred to as Persona Light, which is like Persona 5 Light, which is kind of accurate because it's got a lot of similar things with the dungeons you go into versus the real world and other stuff like that. Like in the um, Persona 5, you have the one more when you knock down enemies. In this one, it's the sessions where you just start a chain. Uh, beating on them, so a lot, a lot of similarities. Far more of a uh, Shin, uh, Shin Megami Tensei uh, or Tokyo TMS reversed, um, you know, to it than that. With the FE being the mirages and a lot of little notations and some sort of some partial designs in the settings of the spheres. but in at the end, you definitely go a lot deeper into the uh, Fire Emblem stuff, but it's kind of a layering and a flavoring more than a, this is a Fire Emblem game. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, being developed by Atlas, I think that's where it originally pitched as a collaboration, like a crossover between, you know, Fire Emblem and some, you know, uh, Shimigami Tensei. I think that's how it was originally announced and originally pitched. And then it was like, well, whether this is more of a Fire Emblem game or uh, or Shin Megami Tensei game depended on who was going to develop it. And I think because it was developed by by Atlas, they they definitely ran with it um, from their I mean, side. It's no, it's it doesn't feel that different to most crossovers to me, unless the crossovers are very similar style games. If you're in a crossover, something so such a different game style from each other. Unless you're doing some weird hopping back and forth thing, one game is obviously going to come out over the other, and it makes more sense that the game that, you know, is developing, or the team that's developing it is going to make something they're more used to. So, like, if you had to, if both Fire Emblem and Shin Megami Tensei were traditional JRPGs, turn-based battles, it'd make more sense to have more of a merging, but when you're taking a strategy tile movement you know tactical strategy game and merging it with a traditional rpg one's going to win out over the other or it's going to be really weird yeah yeah no that's a, that's a very good way of putting it um so yeah i mean uh i'm again if i were further i'd probably have more to say but i, I really do um appreciate that this game first came out on the wii u in America, um, because I think when it was originally announced, like it was, it was, it was very much, you know, um, announced for Japan and we weren't sure if we were going to get it 
uh, you know, stateside. And then not only that, we got a re-release on the Switch, like a lot of Wii U games did. So, and and again, like there are Wii U games that are trapped on the Wii U that have not made it over to the Switch. So I'm eternally grateful that we got uh, Tokyo Mirage Sessions Sharp FE uh, on the Switch as well. So, um, I, and I think that might be partially... You know, due to the fact that the, you know, the success... Oh, well, actually, now that I can't, I can't remember. Was Three Houses even out then? Now I'm trying to remember. Three, three Houses... houses I don't, either just came out, so it was definitely in work before Three Houses came out, or Three Houses was coming out later in that year. Yeah. So Three, so three Houses came out uh, in 2019, uh, July 2019. And, I mean, obviously, they they didn't, like, wow, this was successful. Let's port that and, and port it in six months or eight months. I don't I don't think the timing works quite out that well, but uh, they must have known they were going to have a, a hit on their hands to to bring over um, Tokyo Mirage Session Sharp FE as well. So, you know, it's um it's it's really cool that we got that. Though. When did the Tokyo Mirage Sessions come out? Uh, January 2020. So, like, it would have been, like... So, yeah, it did come out after, but like I said, yeah, they probably different teams was already in their works, whether it was because of Buzz for Three Houses or... They just felt like this deserved a cha- second chance. Yeah. Don't know. Yeah. yeah. Well, there you go, folks. Tokyo Mirage Sessions, Sharp FE. Uh, you can check it out on uh, Nintendo Switch. It's available now. Um, has been for a couple of years. And uh, yeah, we've, we've, we've discussed it. I mean, with all the sales coming up, it may come up on sale again. Yeah. Uh, yeah, That's for sure. you got it last year. I did pick it up last year during, I think it was... I think it might have been the holiday sale because we were trying to determine whether we were going to hit our goal or not. And I was like, you know what? I'll just buy it. And this way I have it. And um, I seem to do that a lot with Extra Life games. But uh, yeah, so I've got Elden Ring here in the in the shrink wrap. That's my next uh, goal for Extra Life. So we'll see if we hit it. Um, but yeah, uh, hopefully everyone is looking forward to uh, Fire Emblem Engage and of course, book seven for Fire Emblem Heroes. We'll likely be talking about both of those next episode uh you can find more of our episodes at gamersinpodcast.com slash fay you can email the show fay at gamersinpodcast.com check out the fire emblem channel and the gamers in discord at bit.ly slash tgi discord that is the best place to chat about fire emblem in between our episodes uh good chance we'll be dropping trailers and announcements there you can follow us on Twitter. You can find me at R. Murphy, Eddie at Drowfear, and don't forget to follow at the Gamers Inn for show updates. Be sure to check out serenesforce.net or go to resource for Fire Emblem news and information, including all of those awesome engaged Twitter drops that have been happening. That's going to do it for this episode of Summoner's Call. Have a great week and happy summoning. Mm-hmm.